Well Within Reach is brought to you by Riverside MyChart, your simple, secure, and confidential online health connection. With just a click, Riverside MyChart lets you stay well connected to the same information your doctor sees. You can request prescription refills, pay your bills, schedule your next appointment, and more. Manage your care from your laptop, tablet, or phone. Whether for yourself, your kids, or the grandparents, MyChart makes your busy life just a little easier. Learn more and enroll today at RiversideMyChart.org. Just another way to stay well connected from Riverside Healthcare. This is Carl Maronich. Back, stomach, side, can how you sleep have an impact on your health? We will visit with Kathleen Gallagher, manager of the Riverside Sleep Institute, and find out. So get comfy and give a listen. Riverside Healthcare puts the health and wellness information you need well within reach. And joining us today is Kathleen Gallagher. Kathleen is the manager of the Riverside Sleep Disorder Institute. Kathleen, welcome back to the podcast. You've been with us before. Thank you, Carl. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And the first time you were with us, you talked more about kind of general, the importance of good sleep and and kind of general aspects of sleep and sleep apnea and getting sleep studies and all that kind of stuff. Today, we're going to talk about another aspect of sleep, and that is the position of sleep and what that means or what that can mean to your health if you sleep in different positions. Yep. That's a new and upcoming, I shouldn't even say it's new. It's been studied for a long time by different researchers and psychologists. And I know people only think about sleep in terms of what's going wrong as far as breathing issues and such, but I thought this might be something different to think about as well. A um, little outside the box, um, but still Outside relevant. the mattress, we'll say. Yeah, right? exactly. Whichever side of the mattress, for sure. Yeah. Well, it is interesting because I think, you know, I, I, as I t- talk about it, I think of my, myself and I generally, you know, lay in there when, I, when, I, when I'm getting serious. Okay, now I want to go to sleep. I'll roll over onto my side. And usually it's the same side. And that's kind of my go to sleep. But you wake up and you're on your back. You're, or you don't stay in that. Maybe some people do, mm-hmm. but there's probably some, for most people, tossing and turning that happens and you end up in different positions. And just like you said, how you would get into that comfortable position when you're sleeping. So some um, information I found, we'll talk about an alpha and an omega position. So mm-hmm. you might be laying there resting, relaxing, and you notice you're about ready to fall asleep. And that's about the time you turn into that omega position, mm-hmm. um, which is that position you found to sleep in probably for years because when you think about it you probably haven't deviated from that position for many years right no right right so the idea is that during the during our waking hours we have gestures and behaviors that we have as a as an as an adult or even a child but they say those same things carry over into our sleep world too going to sleep so that our behaviors when we sleep also mimic things that are going on in our daily lives, whether we're working something out, whether it's just a position that, per, you know, the perception of our personalities, yeah. um, or can indicate some discord, possibly. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, then what are the most common sleep positions? I mean, there are only a few. I suppose well, you could I be crazy. I think if you but... look up online, there's lots of positions out there, and they all have many things to say. But the most common ones are either you're sleeping in the fetal position, a side, your back, or your stomach. Mm-hmm. And then there's many variations of all those. Sure. And, of course, and if you're... Sleeping with a partner, you might be some spooning, some cuddling, hugging. Mm-hmm. You might be sleeping apart. Or not. Or not, yeah, exactly. And maybe those are the things you have to think about when, if you are somebody who's been very close to your bed partner and all of a mm. sudden you're not and you drifted apart, maybe you need to think about what's going on mm. and why you are sleeping apart. So yeah. that's why I say there's some 
sleep can tell a lot about what's going on in your life. Yeah, not to mention dreaming. Dreaming, yes. And I don't know if, if the sleep center, the sleep institute gets into dreaming much, but that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. It's funny. People will say to me, I think I dream all the time or I dream when I'm not possibly in dream sleep. But it's true. You can actually dream outside of dream sleep. It's just that those dreams, I believe, are more mundane. They're more about you working things out in your own mm-hmm. life. Those dreams you have mm-hmm. during dream stage sleep, those are going to be your crazy outlandish dreams. Yeah. Now, the Sleep Institute does sleep studies. Yes. And to talk a little bit about what a sleep study actually is. A sleep study is a test, um, diagnostic test, pretty much, where we see what's going on with you while you're sleeping. So we're doing an EEG to watch your brain activity so we can see the different stages of sleep that you're getting into and you're forgetting adequate amounts of them. Um, watching your heart. So we have an EKG we're doing on you. We have a couple of belts that wrap around you so we can watch your your respiratory, your breathing in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, pulse oximetry so we can see where your oxygenation levels are in your blood. You're watching um, leg movements because some people have leg movements when they're sleeping. Some can actually make their brain activity awake all night long. Mm-hmm. Some might not do anything to upset their sleep. Um, snoring. There's a snore microphone. I mean, we'll hear you just fine, but yeah. it's so the computer hears you. Sure. We have a snore microphone on. And then we have a cannula, and a patient's nose, it looks like an oxygen cannula, but it's actually showing us pressure and temperature changes as a person breathes. There's a lot of stuff involved in that. A lot of stuff. We, we, we wire you all up, and we say, okay, now go to bed. And people are able to do that. They well, fall asleep Well, it might eventually. take them a little bit longer, but yeah. yes, if you're yeah. tired enough, you'll fall asleep. Now, is, is there a video camera that videotapes them while they're sleeping? Back to the position aspect of, of kind of how they're moving around. We do have video camera, yeah. infrared camera, watching patients sleep. I know people like to think that we're behind some big double-sided mirror watching our patients sleep, but that's not actually the case. Yeah. Um, it's actually a small little camera that we can mm-hmm. actually see, my, mainly, like you said, to see which position they're sleeping in. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that noted as part of the study yes, when they were in different positions? Exactly. And, and, and so how do those different positions potentially affect the quality of their sleep and ultimately their health? Well, I know that in the... In the past, we met previously, we talked about sleep apnea. Sleeping on your back, which is one of the worst positions to sleep in, lends itself more to having apnea than not. So I know patients will come in and say, I never sleep on my back. And you watch during the night. They will ultimately go from their side to their back. They might not spend a long time there. Sometimes inherently their body is like, hey, this isn't the place I need to sleep. And they'll want to turn over and sleep in a different position. Mm. Um, It's interesting, too, that sometimes a position change actually will signal REM sleep coming on. So a patient can be sleeping just fine. There's a body movement and then they go into dream stage sleep. Yeah. And that's what REM sleep is, the dream stage. And dream stage sleep lends itself honestly to having some of the worst sleep too. There's so many changes that go on internally Mm. when we do go into dream sleep. So when we're non-dream sleep, you know, when we first go to sleep, our body temperature decreases a little bit, heart rate changes, it slows blood pressure lowers. Um, we have a little more resistance to airflow as we breathe. I will say, I say to people, however you breathe right now, if you took a good inhale through your nose, it's not going to be the same air you're breathing when you're sleeping at night, a little mm. more resistance at airflow. Okay. When you go into dream sleep, however, heart rate increases, um, blood pressure increases. There's even up to 200% more blood flow to your brain when mm. you're um, dreaming because your brain is so active. Um, your body's paralyzed. You know, we have rapid eye movement because we're mm-hmm. dreaming and that's what we're looking for. So 
differences in what goes on with us when we're so sleeping. So that's why you have those dreams that you can't run. Exactly. You're, you're, we don't want you running. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, is, are there a, is there a, a healthy sleep position, or does that really depend on the person? I know that researchers will say ideally the, the healthiest sleep position for your spine and alignment would be to sleep on your back and with a pillow under your neck, not under your head, mm. so that your head forced forward. Um, but again, for somebody who's got issues with snoring and sleep apnea, the back is not their best place to sleep. No. So if you're able to sleep on your back and that's comfortable for you and you don't have those issues, you know, I'd say continue sleeping that way. The second best position then would be on your side. So you would probably not have apnea or snoring, most likely, no. but better spine alignment than sleeping on your stomach, let's right. say. And as you said earlier, sleeping on your back does kind of promote those apnea issues yes. and probably snoring yes. as well in many cases. I know nowadays that with all these fancy beds that actually can adjust and sit you upright, patients are actually even finding that they're they're becoming more comfortable sleeping in those positions. We have plenty of patients that sleep in recliners as well. Yeah, my, my parents, my dad especially, often sleeps in the recliner. He's in his late 80s now, and um, he just finds it more comfortable sure. to sleep that way. But is that is that healthy? I wouldn't say it's unhealthy. I mean, if somebody finds that to be a good position and they're actually breathing and feeling refreshed and feeling fine, yeah. you know, I'd say, you know, why not? Yeah. Unless we can treat it with some other, you know, if it is apnea as an issue and they need to be treated with CPAP. There are plenty of people out there who are not interested in what a whole CPAP can do for them. So yeah. we kind of need to dispel that for some of these people. Sure. And I, I'm sure as you age, um, and one of the things um, with our positions as we sleep, I say pay attention to what your body's telling you. So maybe it's not comfortable. Maybe you're feeling bony parts as it's they're hitting the bed or your mm-hmm. bed's just not comfortable when you're sleeping. We spend a third of our lives sleeping, so yeah. you'd really want to have something comfortable yeah. to sleep on. Right, well... With the proliferation of mattress stores everywhere, it seems, there should be no excuse to not sleep on a good mattress. So that's right. one thing you can right. take care of. Sure. But what position you sleep on on that mattress is another thing. And and as you said, if you wake up and feel like you're not refreshed or suddenly something hurts, maybe you need to look at, at the sleep positions that you go through to the degree you can. But right. if you're sleeping, it's hard to, hard to it's do that. It's true. But like I say, even if you're paying attention to some new Something new pain, some, you know, you you get a cough when you have a cold, you have a sore throat. So, you mm-hmm. know, what that indicates something upper respiratory is coming on. Right. But what if you notice something new, some new pain in your body when you're sleeping? Think about it. You go to bed, you're not really thinking about anything except for sleep, maybe going over your day. Mm-hmm. But when you have, that's your quiet time. So you, that's when you're paying attention to things, yeah. especially in your body, I would think. Yeah. That would make sense. As we've said before, if, if you are noticing something, starting with your primary care provider is probably exactly. the place to, to start. Certainly have a conversation with them. Uh, yep. And then that, if you were going to get a, uh, a referral to the sleep center, that's where it would come, correct? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there. don't forget, we've got great sleep specialists here, Dr. Abraham and Dr. Cootie, who are our um, go-to people for sleep. Oh, very good. So there's a lot of sleep resources available right here. Yes. Very good. Well, Kathleen, always uh, interesting stuff and uh, a wealth of information. We appreciate you joining us. Thank you.